Welcome to the She's Marked Podcast. I'm Hannah, and I'm honored to be your host along this journey to stronger faith, holiness, emotional restoration and healing, and deliverance for the millennial woman. Join me as we press toward unpacking the heavy luggage of our hearts in pursuit of a life that is distinct, set apart, and built on the practical foundation of God's truth. She is walking in power. She is walking in freedom. Without a doubt, all will know that she's marked. We're back today with part three of the series, Laying Foundations, Understanding Who We Are. Thank you all so much for joining in. I hope that everything has been going fine over the past month. It has certainly been a month of trials and testing, but I'm thanking God that I'm coming out of that intense phase of trials and testing. And now I'm spending time just reflecting on some of the lessons uh, that God has intended for me to learn. Um, I think one of the biggest lessons is expecting the unexpected and positioning ourselves so that we do not have deep deeply rooted emotional attachments to things and people because things and people can change so quickly and disappear. So anyway, um, I'm hoping that all is well with you all. I know that all of us face trials on a continuous basis. So number one, I hope that you all are growing and maturing. I hope that you're enduring and that you are still standing. And I hope that you are getting the lessons that God intends for you to get when we do face trials. Thankfully, um, the enemy presents trials to try to destroy and consume us, but God still turns it for good. So I'm very thankful for that. We are on part three of this series entitled Laying Foundations. And today we're going to be talking about who we are. During last month's episode, we covered a little bit of who God is. And as we dig deeper into each of these concepts, I realize that these will be important for our ongoing spiritual walk in general. So I definitely believe that it's critical when we're thinking of deliverance and emotional deliverance and freedom. But this is something that's going to be critical to remind yourself of on your journey as a believer. These four principles as a reminder are number one, understanding who God is. Number two, understanding who we are. Number three, understanding who Satan is, and four, understanding our fight and who it is against. So getting right into it for today, understanding who we are. We live in an era that is entangled in self-worship. We invest a ton of time, effort, and money in our minds, the development of our minds, our bodies, our looks, our well-being. We are so wrapped in us, what makes us happy, what makes us comfortable, what makes us powerful, what makes us better than the next. We won't enter into something if there's nothing in it for us. And unfortunately, we as believers tend to bring this 
self-worship into the church. We do whatever puts us in the best light. We constantly request things for our own benefit and prayer to God. We want our congregations to worship and applaud us and acknowledge us. We bring this sick thinking even into our relationships, our friendships, our marriages. We become merciless and demanding accusers and blamers, pointing out the faults in others. We want everyone to know just how talented and beautiful and skilled we are. We want our names and lights. We believe we are invincible. One of the most profound things I have learned and am still learning about my identity in Christ is that I am nothing. Now, I can see some of your thoughts starting to race and some of you saying, okay, Hannah, now you're pushing it. I am something. Relax. I don't mean nothing in terms of our worth. Worthless and nothing have similar connotations, but in essence, they're different. The context in which I'm using them is this. Nothing representing emptiness or vacancy, whereas worthless represents insignificance and having no value or being of no importance. Throughout scripture, we see that God valued his creation, so we are not worthless. We will never experience healing or deliverance or be open to it until we realize that we are spiritually bankrupt because of sin. Pride is what keeps us self-sufficient and blind. We are working for our salvation and failing to realize that this is a working of the Holy Spirit. We in and of ourselves cannot change. It takes a tremendous amount of effort, but a lot of times we run into disappointment and frustration when we find ourselves kind of on this hamster wheel, finding ourselves back in these places that we said we wouldn't be back in or going back to things that we said we were done with. That is human nature and it really is a working of the Holy Spirit that cleanses us and changes us. Unfortunately, in a lot of scenarios within the body of Christ, people are playing church and living according to their own definitions of salvation. We're measuring our walk according to our own standards and value systems and we're guilty of hand-selecting parts of God's conditions that are laid out in his word and in the deep convictions we feel in our hearts, kind of overlooking and bypassing those inner promptings, those inner convictions, those inner feelings about what we're doing, not being right. We're doing so in order to satisfy the fleshly itchiness we have. We're also doing so because of some of the examples that have been set before us. I recently came across a conversation online where someone was just kind of sharing some of the reasons why they're no longer interested in the faith. And I think the biggest thing that I see from time to time is that people are really affected by the behavior and conduct that they see in other professing believers. And while I I agree that that is discouraging. And in some cases, it's even disgusting, some of the behavior and conduct. We have to be reminded that those people are people. And that's not in any way to justify their behavior and their their lapse in judgment, but our eyes have to be set on the one who is perfect. Our eyes have to stay set on the one who is pure, the one who is holy, and that is God. That is the Lord Jesus and the example that he set even when he was here on earth and that the, the example that he continues to set for us. We falter when we look at people, we put our expectations in people. So when we when we see their humanness, when we see their sinful nature, it really throws us, it shakes us and we're like, wait a minute, if they're professing this, 
and they're in this position or they have this title, then surely this whole thing has to be a fluke. I I don't want anything to do with that. And for those of us who are professing Christians and we hold those titles, we really have to realize that we're going to have to give an account for leading others astray. So those are some very, very serious things to consider. So nonetheless, there are parts of us that aren't laid down and we don't want to lay down. So my sister, what I'm saying to you is that if God is going to move, you're going to have to lay down. And I mean all the way down. This can seem scary to some, but as I stressed in the last episode about understanding who God is, the more you begin to understand who God is and how infallible he is and how powerful he is and how much he loves you, how he values your uniqueness and how he accepts his creation, you will begin finding rest enough to surrender. As a wife, knowing the areas that my husband is strong in, knowing that my husband is present, knowing that he has a distinct role in our marriage as a leader and protector and provider, knowing that he's there to carry half the load and that I can rely on him, knowing this gives me a deep sense of relief in those areas. I feel a little more secure. I feel like I can let my hair down and relax. Now, if I can feel an increased level of comfort and relief and assuredness with a man who is immortal, another human being who is capable of error, made of dying flesh, how much more rested should I feel in an everlasting God who is going nowhere? The God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The God who spoke existence into existence. Sis, it's time for you to rest and lay down. Who are we? We're not made to guide, drive, and decide for our lives. We aren't made to bring ourselves glory and trust in our own abilities. We were made in the image of God. As believers, we are brand new and redeemed. We have been given authority. We are co-heirs with Christ. We have an inheritance and we live for the will of God. We are not of this world. We are citizens of heaven and children of God. This must be reflected in our fruit. And what do I mean by fruit? Our attitudes, our language, our conduct. When we realize that we're fragile and stand in need, then we remain hungry and careful with how we live our lives. When we know that God is with us, we part ways with fear. So it begins to transform our outlook. It it begins to transform uh, how we see ourselves and our understanding of ourselves. So therefore, we become positioned correctly. And that is something that also leads, it, it paves the way for our emotional deliverance. It's a part of knowing our identity. So I want to read a few verses from Ephesians chapter one. I strongly encourage you, if you have not read this before, read it, soak it in. If you have read it before, read it again as a refresher and a reminder. I thought that it had some really powerful verses in regard to who we are and God's intentions and thoughts when he created us. And I'm reading this from the easy to read version. So verse four, he chose us before the world was made. He chose us in love to be his holy people people who could stand before him without any fault. Verse five, before the world was made, God decided to make us his own children through Jesus Christ. So we are children of God. This was what God wanted and it pleased him to do it. So we are wanted 
by God. Verse 6, this brings praise to God because of his wonderful grace. God gave that grace to us freely. He gave us that grace in Christ, the one he loves. So we have been given grace and we've been given it freely. Verse seven, in Christ, we're made free by his blood sacrifice. So we are no longer bound. We're no longer slaves to sin. We are no longer slaves to fear. We are no longer slaves to those strongholds. Sometimes the enemy will try to mess with your mind and remind you of your shame, your past, your regret, your failures. He will try to remind you of those things. But we have to remind ourselves that in Christ, we're made free because of his blood sacrifice. We have forgiveness of sins because of God's rich grace. So when we confess our sins, God is always faithful to forgive us. So we are forgiven and we are free. God gave us that grace freely and fully. Again, repeating that. So there's emphasis on that. We have been given grace freely and we have been given grace fully, not partial grace, but we have been given grace fully. Going down to verse 10, God's goal was to finish his plan when the right time came. He planned that all things in heaven and on earth be joined together with Christ as the head. So we are joined together with Christ as the head. Verse 11, in Christ, we were chosen to be God's people. God had already planned for us to be his people because that is what he wanted. So we are God's people. We are chosen and it's because God wanted it. I'll end with verse 18. You will know that the blessings God has promised his holy people are rich and glorious. So God has promised us blessings that are rich and glorious. And I'm actually gonna do one more, verse 19. And you will know that God's power is very great for us who believe. So God's power is great for us who believe. I'm going to end on that note. You all be encouraged as you walk forward, grab hold of your identity. When you know who you are, you cannot be fooled or easily tricked into believing a lie. You all be blessed and take care. Until next time. That's it for today, but the journey continues. Visit she'smarked.com for more episodes and to check out the Marked Life blog. If you found value in today's episode, please subscribe, tell a friend, and share. Remember, the word tells us that many are called, but few are chosen. As you go through this week, remember to walk as children of light.